All right, guys, you caught me. Yep, I was checking to make sure my mic was on. Got me. Lights came up. Sorry about that. Hey, good to see all you guys. Wow, look at you guys. You guys look amazing. I see you smiling. That's good. That's good. If you got a mask on, I see your smiley eyes. I like that as well. I want to say hello to everybody worshiping with us at our, uh, our Ogallala campus. I was just out there this past week, and holy cow, that stage looks amazing. Uh, I was just in North Platte as well, and uh, anybody that is a part of New Life Church, you don't, if you haven't made your way out to our brand new facility in North Platte, you've got to put down a Sunday morning to go to North Platte and worship. Right, everybody in North Platte? Right? Right? They just got done cheering. Okay. Um, that was just my guess. That was my guess on how long. If I nailed that, please text me and let me know. Uh, and then, guys, thank you so much for being here at our Carney campus and everybody online. How many guys are excited to worship Jesus today? <clears throat> I know I am, so I'm just thankful that you are, all right? So thanks for being here today. We are going to wrap up our current teaching series called Mandate with a topic that I purposely put here at the end of the series called Fear Not. To fear not, right? To not be afraid. Uh, to wipe away anxiety. To wipe away worry. This is something that God is the one who tells us this. He's the one who establishes that as a mandate. Our theme verse is going to be found in Isaiah. I'm going to ask you to read along with me, okay? Let's do it together. Uh, don't be afraid, for I'm with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. So right off the bat, here we find the mandate. Don't be afraid. Fear not, some other versions might say. Other versions may even say, don't worry. Right? So what kind of fear is this actually talking about? Because there's a lot of phobias. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but it seems like anything you can think of has a phobia to it, right? Uh, cotton ball, someone's scared of it. <laughs> Belly button lint, fearful. Earwax, ah, can't hardly stand to see it. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, all the way down to the classics. I mean, I just look at this verse, though, and I look throughout God's word, and I don't see God going, fear not, in the sense of maybe our classic phobias that we have. Phobias such as maybe, you know, the fear of spiders. Anybody have that one? Okay, good. I'm not alone. <clears throat> How about this one? The phobia of snakes. Anybody have that one? It's people that they aren't even looking at the screens right now. They're like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking, I'm not looking, I'm not looking. That sounded a lot like elf, by the way. Um, How about the fear of needles? This is crazy. Like, I, I was so scared of needles when I was a kid that when I was a little kid, my mom took me in to get a shot in the thigh, right? That's child abuse. I kicked, I kicked that nurse right in the face. I did. I'm not even joking. And if she's watching, please forgive me. And I hope that your jaw is okay. All right? And now, now I have to give myself shots three days a week, one in this arm, one in that arm, for allergies. God's got a sense of humor, people. I hate these things. Or what about this? Fear, fear of like dogs, you know, or vicious animals, like a little shih tzu or something like that, right? A little snub nose, like it's really going to get around you, right? It's going to take you down. 
But God's not talking about these kind of phobias here. He's not even talking about other phobias that maybe some of you have, like the fear of peanut butter. Did you know some people have a fear of peanut butter? Now look, like this is no joke. It's an actual phobia. Now if you've got an allergy to peanuts, you should have a healthy fear of that because it can kill you. Right? That's not what I'm talking about. The fear of peanut butter? If there was a fear of peanut butter, I would be like two feet shorter and a lot lighter. I love peanut butter. But it's not the fear of peanut butter itself. It's the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth and never coming off. That's the fear. And now you're like, oh, maybe I have that. Or a phobia, a phobia of like being touched by other people, right? Like that, like if you have that phobia, COVID has saved you. Six feet away from each other, you're like, I can finally breathe, man. So there's a phobia. Or, and the Bible's not talking about this kind of phobia. It's not talking about the fear of, of, of the dark. How many of you guys are still scared of the dark? It's okay. Just admit it. Nobody's going to raise their hand. I see how you guys are. I'm not afraid of the dark, but you remember when you were? Remember when you were sent down to the unfinished basement to get the laundry that happened to be placed on the whole opposite side of the unfinished basement? And you got to walk down those steps that someone can reach through the steps and grab you? Remember those steps? And then you run to the very first light that dangles with that little string. And you hope to the Lord that when you pull it, the light actually comes on. Because you're going to get from that light to this light to that light. Then you get to the laundry. And then you got to carry all that back. Light off, light off, light off, light off. And run up the stairs. And you don't even care if you lose someone's sock. I got over that, though. So we got the fear of the dark. That's not what it's talking about. It's not even talking about the fear of water. Which, by the way. That lady did a great job with that photo. I hope she's not literally scared of the water. I hope that's just the set. But God's not talking about those things. We're all going to have our little nuances, our little things that we've got these little phobias about. He's not talking about that. In fact, some fear is actually healthy. Have you ever had one of those moments where a little bit of fear maybe saved your life? Right? Like that you have that little bit of fear when you're, you get really close to the edge of a thousand-foot drop-off cliff? That's healthy. Right? That's healthy. One time, Kim and I, we were in uh, Vancouver, Canada on vacation a few, week, uh, a few weeks, a few years ago. And um, I, we jump on the subway. And as soon as we sit down on the subway, this guy sitting across from us, it's like instantaneously my spidey senses. Or what's better to say is just the Holy Spirit in me just kind of like, ba-bing. Like, pay attention to this guy. Pay attention to this guy. He's mumbling underneath his breath, Satan this, Satan that, devil this, devil that. And he's just like mumbling to himself, right? And he's just like, it's, you feel like any moment he's going to foam at the mouth or, you know, something's going to happen, right? Or he's just going to get up and just go crazy on everybody in the subway, right? And he looks up at me and he's just, he's just got like this growl to him and he looks up at me and part of his like pupil is rolled back, not the full roll back, but part of it's rolled back and you see a lot of white. And I'm just like, this is not right, Something isn't right here. My wife's sitting next to me, and I'm starting to pray. God, what do you want me to do? Like, you know, how do you, how do you want me to handle this situation? I'm pretty sure I can take him. <laughs> just for the sake of the story, let's just say I can take him, all right? Because I'm the one telling the story. I can take him, I think. You never know. What, when someone gets crazy, you never know, though, right? And so he's just doing this thing, man, and he is, it's like evil is in the place. And I'm picking this up. And I'm praying, and I'm praying in the spirit, and I'm just waiting for this guy to like manifest. 
and then I'm going to rebuke him in Jesus' name. That's my plan, right? Like, if he does, I'm rebuking him in Jesus' name. And I'm just praying, like, God, what do you want me to do? You want me to start something? You want me to pray for this guy? What do you want me to do? And this is what I sense the Lord say, get off on the next exit. <laughs> I'm not messing with you. Ask my wife. I lean over to my wife. I go, we're getting off on the next exit. If the Lord didn't call you to do something, get off on the next exit, people. Evil is in the room, right? We get off on the next exit. The next train comes. We get on. Guess what? Peaceful. Peaceful. Finish out the vacation. Still living to tell you the story. But there's that healthiness of fear that sometimes gets your attention and it moves you in a direction that very much could save you. Right? Bible, Bible isn't talking about these kind of phobias that's going on around. The Bible's talking about the kind of fear that has unfortunately saturated our society over the last 12 months. It's the kind of fear that causes us to lose hope in Christ. It's the kind of fear that causes us to lose faith in the power of who God is and what God can do. That kind of fear has saturated America. It's saturated the world. There is a fear increase and it is it is a statistical truth that fear has increased in our society the fear of losing a job am i going to continue to have my job am i going to continue to have financial stability that fear is out there it's probably in this room it's probably with someone hearing my voice the fear of a college student graduating from the university going is there going to be a job for me the fear of getting sick catching covid or whatever else is going on Right? And I get it, like there's things we can do to, main, to try to maintain healthiness, but there's a fear right now that is, it's, it's stricken some people, it's, it's demobilized some people. Right? There's a fear of international conflict. People are looking at current events and you know, they're being consumed with what's going to happen in this region of the world or that region of the world, and there's this fear that continues to increase. And do I even need to mention the political power change that's stricken Unfortunately, God's church with fear, I don't truly get it, Um, and I have way too many people talking to me about it. It's unfortunate, but we should not be a people that are consumed with fear based on the, the political power changes that have happened around us. There is even a fear in the house right now, a fear of the attack on our religious freedoms that are taking place even as recently as last week, you know, with some of the bills that were passed in the house. And there's a fear right now in the house with people that are hearing my message right now. And there's a fear that's stricken them. And this, this fear that has struck us with these issues that I'm just talking about, they cause us to erode faith. They get our eyes focused more on the fear, more on the issue, and our eyes less focused on the power and the authority that God actually has to change things. So then not to mention the last one, which is this, there's just a fear of change. And Satan is at work behind all of this fear, especially in the church. Why? Because he's trying to rob the joy from the believer and insert fear into the heart of the believer. And guys, we can't let that happen. We cannot be a group of people that say on one, one side of our, of our voice that we are you know, filled with, filled with the Holy Spirit and we believe that Jesus died on the cross and we believe that he rose again and we believe he's the king of kings and we believe he's the creator of all things and then we fear all of these things. We can't let that happen to us. People are not going to find Jesus 
and see their lives changed when the church has a message of fear. Nobody comes and follows Jesus out of the message of fear. People follow Jesus out of a message of hope. And that's who we need to be. And can I just say this? Let me throw out a warning to us for right now, okay? The news media that we have all around us, and I'm not talking about just the, just the liberal news media. I'm talking about the conservative news media as well. Most of the time, they are a media that is a fear-mongering media that's stirring up fear in the hearts of people. I don't care what you watch. You can watch Fox News, Newsmax, OAN, watch any news media you want to, and they're telling you that there's a need. There's a need to fear this legislation or that legislation, that there's a need to fear losing this right or that right, or there's a need to fear losing this election or that election, or there's a need to fear this politician or that politician. And it's saturating the church. And it's causing us to, you know, exchange hope, peace, and joy for fear and worry and anxiety. Listen, I, I believe that we need to be people that are up to date on current events. But if your pursuit to be up to date on current events is causing you to become someone that's fearful, then turn off the news, please. Look, I'm your pastor. I love you. I care about you. And I'm sorry if that steps on some of your toes. But it's the honest to God truth. Because I have way too many people that call themselves Christians that are caught up in fear. I've had way too many people talk to me about the fear that they have of what's going on around this world right now. And what's happening in our nation. And I'm just saying that if our eyes and our attention and our heart is warped with that fear... We will never be broadcasting the hope and the life that comes through Christ in a way that's going to change this world. So, the rest of this message is where I want to live. I want to live in this place where I want to help you understand how do we be a people that live by the mandate of fear not in a world that thrives on fear? How do you do that? And today, I didn't come to you with clever speech and clever you know, points that I want to make to you. I'm coming to you today with just God's word and God's word alone. God's word and God's word alone will unpack the answer for you today of how to live out the mandate to fear not in a world that thrives on fear. So let's dive right in. First one I want to take you to is what Paul said to Timothy about fear. He said this, look, I, rem I remember your genuine faith, Timothy, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and or timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Right off the bat, what I want you to see, first and foremost, because so many people go to the bottom part of this passage, and we need to start on the top end of the passage before the bottom end ever makes sense. Notice this. How does Timothy get this strong, courageous faith that is not timid, that is one full of power, love, and a sound mind? How does he get it? First, it starts with his grandmother. His grandmother had that kind of faith. Passed it down to his mother, and now Paul, his mentor, says, I see that same kind of strong faith inside of you. So first and foremost, you need to know that you and me have the ability, the God-given ability to pass down to generations to come, right, the spirit of faith or the spirit of fear. That's something within us. It's within all of us. 
We have to make a choice, though, how we will live our lives, what we will believe from God's word, and how we will project that as we live our lives. And some of you are so caught up in fear that you're scaring the children. You're scaring the next generation. The next generation's watching grandmothers and grandfathers. And if all you're doing is spewing back to the next generation what you're hearing on modern-day media then you're spewing out a message of fear. And that's not going to cause the next generation to go, you know what I want to do? I want to have the same kind of faith grandma and grandpa have. No, they need a grandmother and a grandfather right now that are standing in the gap and they're going, I know that chaos is happening all around us, but I'm telling you, our God is greater. That's what they need. They need a mom and a dad who are not consumed by the fear and the fear-mongering that's happening in our world right now. And they need a mom and a dad that's going to step up and they're going to say, look, I know that things seem crazy right now. I know that you're being taught crazy things in school right now. But I want you to know Jesus Christ is the truth and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's what the next generation needs. They need us to be people of faith, not of fear, because fear doesn't change anyone for the goodness of Jesus Christ. The world's looking for hope-filled Jesus followers. Are you with me still? Okay. Are you looking for an exit yet? I hope not. So how, how, do, we, how do we live, you know, with people that fear not and put our trust in the Lord in the midst of this world that thrives on fear? That's what I love about this passage. He goes on and he says this. So here in light of your faith, Timothy, this is why I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God within you. You and me, that's our role. We have to fan into flame. If you're just going to sit around, you're going to go, God, this is a crazy world, and I hope you change things. Your heart will never be changed. Like, you and me, we have to lean in, and we have to start, we have to start leaning into the gift that God gave us. And we got to start fanning that beast into a flame, right, that consumes us. What does it mean to be consumed by that gift of God? That you would think different, you would lead different, you would love different, right? You would behave different, your speech would be different. What is the gift that God gave you? I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to refer to the gift that God, you know, gave to Timothy by Paul's laying on of his hands. Let's talk about the gift that God gave you. And here's, here's a couple of really, really classic things. First off, God gave you salvation alone through Jesus Christ. Fan that into a flame. That when you get fearful... Lean in and fan into the flame that Jesus Christ is greater than. He has overcome the world, is what he said. So don't worry. Don't have fear. I've already overcome the world. So what would it look like for you to, you know, lean into the salvation that you have through Christ and Christ alone? Well, I don't know where you're reading at in, in the Bible, but I would say this. Maybe for the next 12 months, start doing this. Start reading about the person of Jesus. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Start reading about why Jesus said what he said. What Jesus meant when he said these things. How Jesus led his life. How he loved. How he gave instructions to you and me. Lean in to the lordship of Jesus Christ and the leadership of Jesus. I don't care where you're at in God's word. Just leave it for a moment. Join, join us and let's read about who the person of Jesus is. Because as you look at the person of Jesus, your faith will become more stable. Your hope will become more stable. Fear decreases as we get to know the lordship of Jesus Christ. 
So look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and look to dissect the person of Jesus so that your life looks more like him and is led more like him. That's one of the gifts that you have. Here's another gift that you have, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit living within you. Guys, the more, the more that you are surrendered to the Holy Spirit's leadership, the more powerful your faith can become. How, how, do, you, how do you lean in right, to the, the leadership and the lordship of the Holy Spirit in your life? Well, read more about living under the influence of the Holy Spirit. It's one of the things that Paul talked about in one of the epistles dealing with, you know, look, we're, we're not to be drunk on wine, but we're to be influenced by the Holy Spirit. It was, a, it was a kind of this picture he was giving. What does it look like to be influenced by the Holy Spirit? How would you live your life influenced more by the Holy Spirit? Well, I would encourage you to read about what it looks like to be influenced by the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. So now I've given you five books that over the next year, my encouragement to you would not just be to read them to consume them, but to read them to know the person of Jesus Christ and why he did what he did and why he said what he said and how you can apply it to your life and emulate it. And then the lordship and the leadership of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life and read the book of Acts looking for how the Holy Spirit influenced the culture through people. How he influenced the changing of people's lives through people. How people surrendered to the, to the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and how he gave them power and authority to overcome the world. Guys, that's the gift living inside of you. And when we fan that into a flame, it's amazing how fear decreases and hope and faith increase. But that's not the only place. There's plenty of places in Scripture. Let me take you to the Old Testament for a minute. Right? And let's look at King David. Here's this king, this mighty leader, one of the greatest leaders in the entire Old Testament. And do you know that he dealt with fear? How do you deal with fear? Because the attitude really I'm trying to bring to you today is this, like, it's, it's not just to like, you're never going to fear, it's what do you do with your fear? Like in your fear, don't sin. When fear starts to stir up, don't end up walking the path of sin, walk the path of victory. So what does that look like? Well, let's look at what David had to say in a couple of places. Uh, Psalms 56.3, but when I am afraid, David said, I will put my trust in you. I will lean into you. But here's another one where he said it as well. Psalms 34, 4, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. Here's what happened when I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. I had fear, but I prayed. Right? I had fear, but I leaned in to trust the Lord. And he freed me from it. See, David's living out one of the core values of our church. What it means to call yourself a new lifer. We have six core value statements. Right? The very, very first one that we believe is that seekers find God. And that we're to seek God throughout the entire spiritual journey of our life. We're to seek God when we were a pre-Christian, discovering and learning, is Jesus really Lord? Okay? And when we did, we surrendered our life to him. And then as we continue our journey, we continue to seek God. And the more that you seek God, you find God. And what happens when you find God? Well, when it comes to fear, he frees you. From that fear. So we believe here at New Life Church that we are to be forever seekers of God, finding God and letting our life be changed by Him. Amen? That's who we want to be. That's who we want to be. 
Why? Because if you're not seeking God when fear is wanting to have its heyday in your life, then fear becomes this wicked monster that changes the way you think. It removes common sense altogether. You don't even think the same. When fear has got a grip on you, common sense goes out the window. Your rational thinking goes out the window. You you make some of your worst decisions when you're functioning and operating by fear. And you affect others around you. You change the entire environment of the room around you when you're functioning by fear. So when fear has got its grip on you, seek God. Don't lean into more news media. They're not going to help you. They're only going to dig the hole deeper. Don't seek out your weird friend at work that only talks about conspiracy theories. They're not going to help you when fear's got a grip on your heart. And don't seek to spew your fear onto others either. So when fear or worry start to take a grip on you, lean in like David did and start seeking God. Bring your anxiety to the Lord. And, God, and David says he'll free you from that. Ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome your worry. Here's one of the things that I like to do. I like to ask God, God, will you change this human heart of mine right now? Because this human heart has got worry and fear and anxiety stirring up inside of it about this particular issue. And would you give me your heart for this issue? Do you guys realize that when I practice that spiritual discipline, it's amazing how fear and worry so quickly uh, dissipate and hope and faith increase? As I'm just asking God, would you exchange this human heart, which is all twisted up and wrong, you know, filtering things through sin, and would you give me your heart about the issue, your heart about our nation, your heart about our church, your heart about my kids, your heart about our finances, your heart about our future, Would you give me your heart, God, because my heart drifts to fear and to worry and anxiety. But God's heart doesn't drift there. And we want to exchange our heart for God's heart. Because the God's word tells us that our heart is wicked above all things. So when when you seek God, when you seek him, that's when you can truly find freedom from your fears. You know what I love about this look at David? If you go just a little bit deeper, then you'll find that David, in each of these situations, was in a moment where he could have been overcome by fear. And I want to show you what freedom from your fear looks like, even when you're facing some of your greatest enemies. David showed us what freedom from fear sounds like. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and my foes attack me, They're going to stumble and they're going to fall. Why? Because he believes in that Isaiah passage. He believes that the the mighty right hand of God will be victorious. That's why. Verse 3, through a mighty, although though a mighty army surrounds me, right? Some of you guys feel that way right now. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. Even if you're attacked, I will remain confident. That's what freedom from fear sounds like. An army might be around me. Things might be crumbling all around me. But I am not going to be afraid because I know that my God is with me. Right? I might even be attacked, but I'm going to maintain my confidence. You guys, look, our faith is being attacked right now in in, in our world. This cancel culture is not backing down. They're only dialing things up. And it's not going to stop anytime soon. So, but my confidence is in Christ and Christ alone. I'm leaning into him. 
I'm leaning into the hope that I have with him. I'm going to do what David did. I'm going to seek God instead of being crippled by the fear I could be crippled with around me. Guys, only God, only God can give you hope when others are collapsing from fear around you. So don't believe what your eyes see. Don't believe what your ears hear. Let's be people like David that remain confident in God's power instead of collapsing to the fear that's around us. Lastly, though, again, I told you, I'm just going to go take you to Scripture. I didn't come with fancy points. Okay, and I hope that you can, I hope you can, like, diet this. I hope you can absorb this, right? If you need to, go back and watch this message again. But lastly, I want to leave you with God's promise toward fear. Here's God's promise towards fear. Found in Philippians 4. God says this to us. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Let's just look at a couple of things first. The mandate. Fear not. Don't worry about anything. There's the mandate again. Okay, in other versions of the Bible, it might say, don't fear anything. Don't have anxiety about anything. Right? Especially with things like tomorrow or what's going to happen in our nation or the next generation. I mean, basically, it's like, don't worry about things that you can't control. But what are we to do about things that we have no control over, that the world's worried about? Those who have no hope, those who are absent of the future, you know, beyond this world of Christ. What do we do? He says this, exchange that for prayer. Pray about everything. Guys, if there's anything that God's church needs to ramp up in this season that we're in right now, is getting to know the person of Jesus, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, and learning to pray about everything. More prayer. More prayer. It's more about what prayer is going to do to you then maybe it is what your prayer is going to do to the world. It's really more about that. It's about your heart getting lined up with God. And God says this about our prayer. He goes, look, I'm going to break this down for you. I'm going to tell you what your prayer should look like. He goes, first, tell God what you need. What is it that you need today? Where fear's got a grip and you need, you need something. Maybe you need a healing in your body or in the body of someone that you love a lot. Maybe that's got your anxiety up and you need a healing. Then tell God about it. Maybe it's your finances. Tell God about it. Maybe it's your marriage. Tell God about it. Maybe it's your job. Tell God about it. Maybe it's what you see going on in our nation. Tell God about it. See, because when we tell God about what is potentially or has the potential to stir up fear within us, then we're putting our hope, we're putting our hope in the only one that can change things. And that increases faith. So why is it that God's word says, tell God what our needs are? Because when you do, you're putting your hope in the only one that can solve things. That increases faith. But then he goes on, he goes, hey, look, there's a second part to this, though. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Why do you think that that's in there. Why thank God for all that he's done when I'm facing maybe the most craziest situation I've ever faced? When I'm dealing with something that just seems like it's going to overtake me. When, when I look at the world, fear overcomes me. Why stop and thank God? Let me tell you why. Because fear blinds us to who God really is and what God has done. 
And fear causes us to forget how powerful God really is. So when you thank God for what he has done, guess what happens? Faith increases. When you're standing against the most wicked wall that you've ever stood up against, and fear feels like it's crippling your thoughts, and it's overtaking your body, lean in, tell God what you need, and start thanking him for all that he's done. Faith will increase. Faith will increase. Then what happens? Well, then something supernatural takes place. This is what God says. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. A peace beyond what you can understand in just the right moment. The antidote to man's fear is God's peace. You gain God's peace by following God's heart through prayer. By not worrying about things, bringing them to God, telling them what you need, right? Thanking him for who he is. God goes, perfect, you got your heart in just the right place. Now I'm going to flush out fear with a peace that's beyond your understanding. It's like chocolate on a sad day. Chocolate on a sad day? Come on, people. What brightens up a sad day? Chocolate. When you see the chocolate, your mind starts to change the way it even thinks. Your mouth starts to salivate. All of a sudden, whatever you were thinking about that was sad, you're now thinking about the sweetness and the goodness of what you're getting ready to bite into. And it could be one of those mystery boxes, and you have no idea whether you're going to get that jelly one or the caramel one. And you don't care. Chocolate on a sad day changes things. A beautiful sunset to a weary person changes things. It changes the way you feel. When you're standing there on a Nebraska County Road and you're looking out at the sunset and the sky has turned colors that you've never dreamt of in your life. And you look at that and you're weary and you're tiresome and you look at it and you just go, God, you're amazing. It's like a real life pony to a third grader. It's like a dream come true. Right? That's a peace that you can't understand that God says supernaturally, I'm going to bring into your life and I'm going to calm your soul. What does our nation need right now? What does God's church need right now? A peace that is beyond what you can understand. So that we can be the voice that God wants us to be in this dark, dreary world that we live in. But God says, look, I'm not giving you a peace just to remove your fear for this temporary moment. I can give you a peace for a lifetime. And he goes, his peace, God's peace, will guard your hearts and your minds. How long? How long can he do it? For as long as you live in Christ Jesus. Wow. It can go beyond the heat of this moment. And it can overcome your life. That when fear starts to rise up, you will be in that mindset of God. My mind has been guarded by your peace. I choose not to, not to go there. I choose not to fuel that. I choose to lean in and to seek you. So yeah, I get it, guys. I'm not trying to paint a picture that is, you know, absent-minded of the fact that we live in a crazy world at a crazy time. I'm just trying to paint God's picture that you and me, we need to be actively fanning into flame and casting out fear and maintaining our confident hope in Jesus right now. And that first starts by surrendering our lives to Jesus Christ. If your life isn't surrendered to Jesus Christ and he isn't your Lord and your leader, that's where it starts. Secondly, 
It's you and me bringing our worry and our fear to the Lord and exchanging it for his peace. And by the way, whatever's causing you fear, anxiety and worry, it only lasts for a short period of time. Because in the end, although it might sound cliche-ish, Jesus wins. This life is not your home. We're just passing through. We're going to face struggles and trials and difficulties and enemies are going to attack and we're going to be surrounded and we're going to be taken down, you know, at one point or another. But we need to be a people that go, my hope is in something beyond this world. It's not in what my hands can do, it's in what his hands have already done. It's not in what my heart can do, it's in what his heart has already done. So let's live full of hope. Let's let the next generation have a reason to believe in Jesus by casting out fear and living hope. Let's let this lost world have a reason to put their faith in Jesus Christ and to walk out of their darkness of their sin by living a life full of hope and full of the peace that only God can bring. Because I'm going to tell you right now, this world is only going to get darker and darker. But that's going to be the greatest opportunity for you that have cast out fear and are living with hope because it's an opportunity for your light to shine brighter and brighter. So let's spend these next few minutes worshiping Jesus. Let's lift up our voice to the only one who can, who can you know, take our fear and worry and anxiety awake and can, and can stick, it, stick in there peace and hope and faith. Let's lift up our voice. Let's lift up our hands to him and let's surrender to him. And let's just say, Jesus, you're my Lord and you're my leader, right? My hope is in you and in you alone. And let's worship Jesus without fear and worry. Let's lay that fear and that worry down at his feet. And let's ask him to fill our hearts with hope, faith, and a peace that is supernaturally at work from him to you and to you alone. Would you stand with me and let's pray. Father, we thank you today that our hope is found in you, that our peace comes from you. And today I pray for this congregation. And no matter where they're at with this message, if they were reminded today that, you know, there is fear inside. There is worry and anxiety And it's not just the simple phobias of this world. That our eyes are more more focused on some things than than our eyes should be focused on the saving grace that comes through Christ and Christ alone. Lord, your mandates are not easy. But man, they bring life. It's a weight lifted. Fear and worry and anxiety lift. And that supernatural peace inserts itself inside of our hearts. Wow. Man, it's life-changing. Lord, I pray for this congregation that we would experience that life change today. Would you pour out supernatural peace into this place today? Pour it out into North Platte and Ogallala and meet with people online today, right now. Meet with us in this place. Let the power of the Holy Spirit encounter us. Let our eyes be open to who Jesus really is. Fill our hearts with hope. Fill our hearts with faith. Fill our hearts with your peace. In Jesus' name, amen.